You heard a calling from a void deep inside and you answered ready and found yourself here at Karen's Couch. Welcome to your quest of personal mastery. Well, hello, 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 everybody in Karen's Couch world. Welcome to today's show. And I am so bloody beside myself. I can't even breathe. I feel like I could totally sweat my pants with excitement over here. So you guys who are watching the video version of today's show are going to see that I've got a gorgeous guest sitting over here um, sharing the limelight with me today. But for those of you guys who are listening on a podcast, I just wanted to give you a bit of a background to why we have today's guest. Today's guest is Tiani Vidler, and she is somebody that I have personally been following for probably maybe eight or nine years. And the two of us have attempted to connect many times, but the stars didn't line up. And I mean all the puns intended when I say the stars didn't line up because it just, the message wasn't the right message at the right time, I guess. And that's all I can put it down to. Um, but I, I want to share with you guys who are listening on the podcast, my my reasoning for bringing Tiani on the show and really pursuing her as I have, there's been this giant groundswell. If it hasn't hit you yet, it will. But there's been this giant groundswell, almost of awakening to what astrology and looking to the stars can offer us, not only in terms of us understanding who we are, but also allowing us to make room for others. And I feel that since... We've been through the pandemic. We've come out the other side. Many of us have had these enormous emotional, mental, and spiritual shifts that have re-geared and recalibrated our understanding of what's real and our understanding of what's important. And what we've been left with is a very raw sensation of what humanity actually is. I feel that the pandemic almost burnt away <clears throat> um, a lot of the personality, a lot of the drama and a lot of the um, a lot of the competition and all of the stuff that we had been so heavily conditioned to believe was true, right and real in our lives. And now we're looking for what's beyond that. A lot of us are turning to the stars, we're turning to the spiritual realms. We're looking into what is beyond this human existence because this human existence, quite frankly, sucks a lot of the time. And when it comes to speaking to that, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I've got to be really upfront about this. I have done so much research on different astrologers. I have been following many, many astrologers over the years. But the reason that I've turned to Tiani is because she's the only one that I feel speaks her mind without abandon, without reticence, without regret. She just tells it how it is and it's her language. And when I read her website and I read her book, F-bombs everywhere. So it's so cool because it makes you feel like it's just real and so mainstream. But I want to read I want to read this little piece to you guys before I throw to um, Tiani here. In a, this is straight from her book. It says, there is magic in the mundane, an incredible depth being in human form while still being a star being. 
To be astonished by our simple existence is the point. To experience happiness and remove the layers that cover that is the journey. To simply just be who you are is what it's all about. It's time to be ferociously addicted. Oh my God, I love those words. Time to be ferociously addicted to life, to joy, to truth, to unity, to the discovery of your own edges and nuances, to, re, uh, to revealing or reveling, sorry, to be reveling in your own glory and experiencing life in all of its facets. I mean, shut the front door, seriously. And on her website, the first thing you see is as above, so below, as within, so without. As the universe, so the soul, a quote by Hermes. And nothing could have spoken to my soul and my purpose and journey here more than that. So Tiani, welcome to the show. I'm uh, To say that I'm in awe, I've got to tell you, is an understatement. Geez, like what an introduction. And to have your own words be read back to you from your book is pretty astonishing itself and and it makes you sit back in awe as well um and you know your voice is so beautiful no wonder you've got a podcast it's lovely just to sit back and listen to that smooth smooth poetry um and absolutely awe is the whole reason we're here if we don't find ourselves moved by awe at least once a day and I'm saying least like that's just and that's just that goes beyond the depths of I am grateful for my partner I am grateful for my food like not the robotic gratitude, which is just ticking shit off the list and writing in a journal robotically because I have to be spiritual, but awe moves you to your knees and to hear your awe reflected back in to, to this meeting today. Like, you know, the moon's in cancer. It's going through my 10th house. We've got this beautiful, which is the career house. And here I am talking to you um, about obviously not only my life, my passion, but my career and um, we've got this beautiful, very rare conjunction that's happening in the sky as we're speaking with Venus, the planet of love and harmony and Jupiter, the planet of expansion and wisdom teacher. You know, they're coming together in vibrant, passionate Aries with Chiron there, the healer. And so it's, it is the perfect time. The stars have aligned for us to talk today. And I'm just so honoured and grateful to be here, Karen. So thank you. Oh, I love you. are so welcome. And you know what's so cool? For those of you guys who are watching the video, to be able to see your passion and you are lit up like a Christmas tree, that in and of itself is so inspiring. So for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast because you're out on a run or you're in the car, make sure that you head over to the Karen's Couch YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Karen's Couch. So make sure that you go and have a look at that because I really want you guys to see Tiani's face. She's glowing and it's beautiful. It's delicious. So tell us tell us the Tiani story so that then at least our listeners who haven't followed you um, can whip straight over to socials and start following you and check out your website and check out everything that you offer. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did this all happen? I Since nine, was it? Since you were nine yeah. years old? Yeah. Yeah. And so again, it's all written in our chart, darling, <laughs> you know, like this is what's <laughs> all about it. And and I wanted to, you know, 
you know, also respond to what you were talking about in the introduction around all of a sudden, you know, astrology has become bigger, people are diving into it. And we, I know we're going to open and discuss into that as well, which I've already taken notes to talk about. But just a little preface of, of Uranus, the planet of astrology, um, has moved into Taurus and has been here for a few years now. And and Uranus is the planet of astrology as well as Mercury, which is Hermes, which is that message that you read from my website. Um, and what I've been feeling is that astrology, well, for me, has been my only language, but it is the, the language of the future. I mean, I've always been a minority. Um, at the moment, I feel like a majority, but not really because astrology takes decades to really unpack and, and unravel and it's layered and it's never ending. So it's not a weekend workshop. It's not one year. It's forever. It's, it's movement. It's embodiment. So embodied astrology is different to sort of intellectual astrology and knowing some stuff or reading some stuff, you know? Um, but for me, it just has been my language since I was nine. And, and that has a lot to do with where Uranus was in my chart when I was born. And then when I was nine, Uranus was moving from through my third house, which often can denote someone diving into astrology. So here I am, this little nine-year-old, you know, all I cared about was what sign are you? When are you born? And even as I grew and was an aerobics instructor and things like I would know everyone's signs. Like I might not remember your name, but I'll remember that you're a Leo. And yes, some sign astrology isn't astrology. It's just the, it's just the door, you know, it's just the door into astrology because it's way too generalized. However, being a Leo has a, has a signature, has an archetype. And so for me growing, being the outcast, because I was really the only one into astrology, you know, telling my Leo boyfriend at 10 years old, we can't get married, Chris, because I'm a Taurus and you're a Leo and we don't get along, you know, whilst I'm cleaning his tidy tray, you know, like what the fuck? But, you know, that's just, you know, I will know people's animals, signs. It, it's never wavered for me. And what I see a lot of is people going, I've always been into it, but then I didn't do anything for 20 years and now I'm back into it. That's not my story. My backstory is it's been my only language. It's literally the only thing that I understand. And I'm, you know, I, I don't even want to say I'm good at it because it's forever. And, and realistically, the only thing I'm truly good at is being who I am. Like that's probably the only thing I'm good at is being sovereign to myself hello, Black Moon Lilith in the first house. Um, but I am very sovereign to myself and I'm very um, authentic because that's the only thing I know how to do. Everything else on top of that is learned, is discovered. But when it comes to my astrology journal journey, which, you know, encompasses many things from quantum healing to numerology. I've been a numerology nerd since I was nine as well, because I knew that being born on the ninth meant something, you know, my name, my name, numerology, liquid crystals, crystals. I mean, I'm holding my beautiful little Labradorite here today. My eyes nearly look like this Labradorite. What the actual hell is going on with my eyes today? They look it's, amazing. I don't know what's going on. They've like changed color anyway. Um, but magic, you know, living and, and that is what I've mastered is everyday enlightenment, magic in the mundane, like working with the magic, working, you know, background in Buddhism, you know, all of this, all of these modalities have been an anchor for me and astrology has been the, the weaver, you know, the magician who constantly weaves his magic through absolutely everything. And that's where astrology is to be revered 
And whilst I'm excited that so many people are, you know, A, more so wanting to know themselves and understand, there can still be this sort of bastardizing or even elitism when it comes to astrology, like, oh, you know, astrologers, like they know all these things. And it's like, yeah, but we're just, we're just uncovering the layers. When you embody astrology and when you're living, living that it's forever. It humbles you. It's not something to, to just go, I want to read your chart after looking at charts for two weeks. You know, it's like, no, that's a sacred gift, you know, and and I'm in deep reverence and honour anytime I get to look at anyone's chart. Like that for me is, it's personal, you know, like a lot of astrologers will never show their charts. You know, they don't want people to see their charts. Whereas for me, I'm very transparent. You know, I'm nothing if I'm not completely honest and transparent. So my chart's all over the internet. But you know, for me, it is a revealing, you know, it's a total revealing and you must trust who you go to, you know, you must really trust them and be sure that, you know, you connect with them because of course we can go and read a million astrology books and go, oh, I've got my moon in my third house. Oh, that's going to be interpreted X, Y, and Z. But what does that really mean and feel like, you know, and then when you find someone that you connect with and and I do really, you know, feel so honored that, you know, it was me that you felt to connect to. And, 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 and yeah, I think that an embodied astrologer and someone who has lived and experienced is felt in all aspects, in your field, in anyone's field, right? Like experience without knowledge, thank you, Henry Rollins, equals bullshit, right? Like we need experience. And um, so, yeah, I'm so grateful to be here to talk about this. And of course, you know, I don't want to get caught in story, but, you know, it, it has just been my language and my passion and it does still to this day light me up, you know, and because it's so exciting and sometimes I'm reading a chart and I'm like, oh my God, like, how? <laughs> and still, because I'm constantly in awe of how we are the entire universe moving. Like we're made up mm -hmm. of dirt and crystals and dust and, you know, we're made up of all of this stuff, you know, and we're just here to be in this dense body, which, you know, like human it, being a human is brutal and it's beautiful at the same time but we've got to you know honor all aspects of that and then when we understand astrology and understand the language we can start to become aware of yeah like what's going on so that we can work with it and not against it so this was going to be a question I was going to ask you at the end but shit I'm just not holding back <laughs> so <laughs> you know you um you talk about astrology being a way to reveal more and it's constantly revealing more of itself even to you. Mm. Can you describe for us how does astrology define the meaning of life? Mm, I love that question. Because just like we are nature, and I think that this is what it comes down to, I often do myself out of business because I say, go and sit under a tree. It's free. You don't need to pay me for my tainted perspective because that's what it is. And when we can be humble enough to own that and admit that, even as a teacher, even as someone, because I'm still a student, you know, but even as a teacher, one thing with astrology segue is that you're always a student and, you know, people want to, oh, I'm a master teacher. I'm like, no, there's no, there, there, there's no master teachers in astrology. There's no end. And that's the cool thing about astrology. And that in turn actually turns some people off because, you know, especially these sort of overnight shamans and, you know, the spiritual community, which I call the spiritual entertainment industries, you know, you know, it's under these 
false sense of pillars and illusions and, you know, pay all this money to make 10K a week and blah. It, it's all just lies, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of spiritual delusion happening, but astrology is just flat out what it is. And people aren't going to just be able to get that in a couple of years. And that's the problem because it takes decades, you know, and because you're living it all the time. But so how I believe and how I live astrology as like this deeper meaning of life is exactly the same as we watch a tree grow, a tree dance in the wind, the ocean, the bird, the ducks, a tsunami, a friggin' volcano, like the earth is doing what she's doing, right? And we're a part of that just like the planets are doing what they're doing and we're a part of that. So energy, right? So it's all just energy and the planets never do anything to us, you know, whereas, you know, like the earth rumbles, we feel that, right? Like we feel that, but we are of the earth as well. You know, we are of the earth and, and the deep reverence to Pachamama and this deep reverence to her as a whole vessel for us, that we are a part of that then we walk with gratitude and we walk with love and we walk with attention. To me, it's the whole thing as above, so below. So it's the same thing with astrology. It's just different interpretations, but we could sit there and, you know, just watch a tree grow and we're going to win, you know, we're going to be moved by that or something will shift within us or a revelation will come. You know, if we're in the rapid waters, you know, we're going to feel maybe fear, but then if we're in calm waters, we're going to feel calm. So again, like, Everything around us, you know, emotes something within us as well, just like astrology. So the planets being in archetypes, you know, and of course, like this goes back to, you know, like thousands of years of watching and following the stars and things like that, right? Um, and knowing that a planet can't do something to you but it just reveals. And that's the biggest thing as an astrologer is to remind people that no Mercury retrograde isn't fucking your life up. You are, <laughs> you know, like. I don't know about that. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> the eclipse isn't fucking your life up. You are. Because what happens is, is anytime anything's pushed under the rug or needs some more attention, which is Mercury retrograde, right? So if there's something that needs more attention, well, we're going to be schooled in that. You know, mm. just like we're schooled in life if you don't even know about astrology. So I can see people that don't know anything and then tell them all the things that have been going on for them based on what the planets were doing at the time of now or last year or whatever in their own chart. You know, we can see all of that purely because there's going to be like an upheaval or maybe there's like, you know, you can just see all these different circumstances play out. So it's nothing happening to you. It's that you are in alignment on some level and there's rugs that you need to come out from. So if you're hiding something or if something's not right and you have a very big transit, well, all of a sudden your whole world might feel like it's caving in on you. But this is actually a time of revelation. So for me to be aware is to be prepared, forewarned, foresight, you know, for, for, uh, forewarned is forearmed. And it's not about control. It's not about not living in the mystery and the magic of every single day. It's mm. just about understanding that, oh, like right now, I'm going to very big Pluto moon transit. And this is once in my whole life. This will only ever happen once. And my house floods. I have renovations. We were like, my daughter was displaced from downstairs. We lost everything downstairs. 
it's in my fourth house, the house of home. <laughs> you know, Pluto is destruction. It destroyed my home. So mm. it was very literal, but it's okay because I knew that. And then emotionally, if I'm going through some big surges, Pluto's opposite my moon. So I know that it's there and I'm not so attached to it that it does me in. I'm so aware of it that I can utilize that energy. And for me, being able to live life with that lens is liberating because there's this sense of freedom. A, you're taking radical self-responsibility for your life and not in a not in a way of, you know, not acknowledging hardship. You know, this isn't love and light. Oh, you're poor. You should just manifest. You know, I'm not an asshole, right? Like we're not being assholes. Like, you know, that's not what, that's not what true spirituality is, is yeah. just that everyone needs to manifest their problems away, right? Come on. But this is that when you start to really understand the language of the universe, like Dane Rudyard says, when you understand the language of the universe, like the universe speaks to you, you know, you master yourself and you master the universe. And, you know, because often people, again, feel like things are happening to them. And yes, things do happen and they do happen to us. I'm not denying that. It's just when we can understand a bigger perspective sometimes or understand certain transits or understand our own natal chart. It's like, ha, ah, I see where, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, I just believe that it's deeply empowering and deeply, deeply liberating. And that's how astrology and nature can be two of the biggest teachers because humans are tainted. All of us, me, you, like we all are because we all have our own lens. We all have our own chart. We're all, we are all living from our own sense of consciousness and capacity. So even when someone sits with me, if you don't agree with me, great. I would rather you agree with you than agree with me for the sake of it, right? Like that's about living authentically. And when you can stand sovereign in yourself, which knowing astrology helps you to do that, because astrology and psychology, like they are banging together, like they work very well together, you know, and especially once you understand your chart, because all of a sudden, instead of six psychological sessions to get you to where your mother abandoned you, already it's in the chart, you can be like, okay, mum abandoned me, let's actually unpack that now. So for six sessions, you're unpacking it without just trying to get there because it's already in the chart. So it's very, very complimentary. And they're similar, you know, we're, we're diving into the psyche and that's what astrology is. There's a lot of myths. There's a lot of psyche work that we've got to, you know, interpret and embody and feel and move through. So that's sort of life living through us in a way if we mm. allow it to, you know. I, I, I love that, um, you know, how you talk about it's like watching a tree grow so that when you see the tree grow, you're, you know, you're, you're impacted by nature, nature is impacted, everything is impacted. And astrology is no different to that. We're the experiencer and the participant um, of, of consciousness, if you like. What's fascinating to me is, to, well, let me ask this question. To what extent is, is the meaning of where the planets line up and the, and the impact that those are going to have, to what extent is it channeled? Is astrology more of a science or is astrology a combination of science and intuitive channeling that then allows the content to have its potency? 
Mm, I love you. I love listening to you and your questions and your insights. They're just magnificent, Karen. So <laughs> beautiful. So good. So good. It's just a good, deep conversation. Exactly how I like it. Um, penetrating straight to my heart. Um, so, you know, it's funny because I believe astrology is reality, you know, like to me, it's reality. Like everything is astrology. Why does this person murder? It's in their chart. Why does this person blah, blah? It's in their chart. This kid's doing this chart, 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 transits, 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 you know, sort of like people when they're like, you know, the oily people, the oil community, you know, love you oily community. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's an oil for that. There's an oil for that. There's an oil for that. Like, that's cool um you know as a substitute but you know this is like you know, for me astrology is reality you know See, everything yes. comes back can I just say to everybody now you know what I mean when I said she just speaks her mind she doesn't hold back and this is what we want right I love it um well you know it's 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 something that's very Plutonian of me um, with Pluto in my first house and you know a real great quote around Pluto is what I think most of society and the collective do is this this line that says we all eat lies when we're hungry mm -hmm. and we will watch and continue to watch people eat lies because they're hungry they don't want to think for themselves and because they don't want to have to question anything if they're being told to do something they'll do it they're not listening to, and this is where Lilith comes in very strong. And I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of work with Lilith at the moment. So excuse me for bringing her up constantly, but she is around sovereignty and especially people who have suppressed their own sovereignty to just listen to what is told of them. You do this, you do this X, Y, and Z. This is how you live. It's very easy because then we don't have to rock the boat. We don't have to disrupt anything. And when you've got very strong Plutonian and Lilith archetypes, like I do, You've been rocking the boat for a long time, but what I've been, I suppose, not lucky enough, but what I have worked on for such a long time is that I won't get suppressed into society or mm. into, a, into a space that tells me who I need to be. And so, like I said, with all due respect to oily people, yes, there's an oil for everything. <laughs> but I'm not a part of that community, but, you know, like each to their own. But astrology for me is, um, it is everything because it, it will answer everything. Like I watched like that documentary, Making a Murderer, which I was just like, oh my God, he must have all these small past ones. Who can keep going to jail and keep doing, did he do it? Did he not do it? Like, And for me, it's straight to the chart. Like, what do I want to unpack in his chart? Like, I need to see that because that's that's him. Like, that's a part of who he is. And then there is this part of me that is astronomical, you know, like astrologers love astronomers, but astronomers don't like astrologers because they're like, we're science and you're, you're not. But when you start working with quantum physics, which to me is science and it is reputable, we can start to see the thousands of studies around the heart and what it does when you're in that heart space. We can see that there are parallel universes that we can time travel it sounds weird, but it's not. And if you've watched the movie called, well, it's a doco called What the Bleep Do You Know? It's like my favourite movie, doco, whatever you want to call it, and it's like my reality. So if you want to know how I really believe and think and feel, watch Lucy with Scarlett Johansson in it and watch What the Bleep Do We Know? You know, because those two things for me sum up exactly life. And again, of course, if we believe 11 11 is the most powerful master number ever 
well, every time we see it, like something's going to like ignite with us. But if I told you like four, six, eight was the most powerful number ever, all of a sudden you're going to see four, six, eight, and you're going to go, whoa, what's that message? Mm. Now I live in everything means something and everything means nothing. And that's a dichotomy. And that's hard to find for so many people because they can't find that sort of sacred safe space. Cause it's like enlightenment is going and meditating and never being angry and you know, living in a cave and doing all those things. But that's not everyday enlightenment. That's uh, spiritual, well, what I call human bypassing. Because it's easy to be spiritual and sit in spiritual space and circles and learn. And like, that's not easy. But how do you apply that when you've got to do the dishes and your car breaks down and, you know, you've lost a loved one? I mean, how do you deal with life, enlightenment and magic in fucking deep despair and grief? You know, like we have just lost my 40-year-old brother-in-law. Like, and you are moving through the deepest mourning you ever could, but how do you then still find magic? How do you still find awe and connect in? Because it's energy, right? And so it's, and it's obviously the work that you've done, so on and so forth. But I think that, you know, a very short answer to that question is that it's both, you know, it is both because we are looking at mythology, which to me, again, really rings very true with some of it, depending on, you know, some of your own planets and your own planetary journeys and things. But also quantum reality for me, which is science, you know, it's a big part of that. We know that the moon rules the ocean. Like we know that we can have these king tides, not every full moon, but a king tide will come on a full moon. Like and, you know, and it's not yet. Yes, we're made up of water and all these sorts of things. But when we're looking at um, these archetypes and, and that the planets in our solar system, you know, if you just think about just our solar system, which is literally like one grain of sand, which constantly blows your mind because how many solar systems are there and then black holes and this and this, it's like, like that stuff excites me. Like my husband always goes, oh my God, like it's just too much. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't it like fabulous? Like we are literally nothing in comparison to everything, but we make everything such a big deal. But really, you know, this is where you can find this real beautiful spot of everything means something and everything means nothing. I have people go, oh, my kid dropped my crystal What does and broke it. What does that mean? I'm like, keep your kid away from your crystal. Like, be fucking practical, my friend. Like, it, it doesn't mean that your twin flame is on its way. I mean, far out. Like, this shit is <laughs> so boring and so elusive that it draws people into these things because people want to believe some stuff right like people want something to believe in and that's okay you know that that's okay but when your belief is outside of yourself which might seemingly be what astrology is because I do see people going like oh you know who cares about your astrology like who are you and it's like yeah but I know who I am and and that's not just because of astrology because at nine years old I wasn't reading charts you know I just knew and and then the layers continue to be revealed and uncovered once you do dive into the archetypes and your own natal chart. And then when you do see that, you know, society has labelled certain things like terrible twos for children. Now, lo and behold, that's actually the first Mars return that any of us have in our lives. It happens to be when we're two years old. And what is Mars? the planet of anger. So what happens to little two-year-olds? All of a sudden they're angry. They're saying, no, they're punching, they're throwing tantrums. But society has, and psychology has gone, oh, that's the terrible twos. Midlife crisis. All of a sudden from late thirties to mid forties, you've got people like 
um, Renee Brown, going, you know, midlife, the universe grabs you by the shoulders and, you know, shakes you, right? No, we're having very potent transits in our chart. Pluto squares, Neptune squares, our Uranus opposition, you know, those early 40s where someone goes and has an affair, someone sells their house, quits their job, all the things. That's a Uranus opposition. That is a rebellion, especially if you haven't done the work beforehand. So the fact that it's always playing out and that society has made these very interesting observations psychologically, but it all comes down to but that's a Pluto square. Like, of course, we're going to have that. That's a Uranus opposition. That makes sense because we only have certain things in our lives at certain times and then never again. So it's very fascinating how no matter what you believe or want to think, it's weaving its way into your life anyway. That part I love because it's almost like that. Well, it's not almost, it is. It's that always already happening. So whether we acknowledge it or we don't acknowledge it, it's always already happening. And the acknowledgement of it, I found, have found recently, the acknowledgement of it just makes the dance smoother. Yes. And you mentioned something earlier, which really rang for me, is that it allows us to be involved with life. It allows us to say, oh, well, this makes sense. You know, like when you're talking about your house and everything that's gone on there, you know, it allows us to be involved, but not attached because I feel like, you know, certainly from um, a, a, an optimal way of living, we can we have to participate. The universe requires our participation. And to the extent that we participate determines the extent of the, of, of the quality of our lives, really. You know, if we sit around with our thumb up our bum, we're really not going to experience the textures and richness of life. So I feel like, you know, the astrology allows us to be involved with it all um, without necessarily attaching to it because it's not, well, this is probably going to be my next question, actually. That's just come to me. I was just about to say it's not necessarily of our own doing. It is also of the planet's alignment that creates certain circumstances. But have I just answered my own question there? Because you said before that if we haven't done the work, Mercury retrograde is going to smack us in the chops. Well, the, the big thing is, is so firstly, non-attachment. Yes. I mean, as a, you know, like a very, in my twenties, Buddhism was one of my main practices and I mean, it still is. And non-attachment is a really great way to live life, like in, in flow, uh, non-attached to things. And that's where some astrology or astrologers there's still this invocation of fear and mercury retrograde will have you and um you know just th there's there's still these this bit of fear that i still see and, th and that's only because of the knowledge that they don't really have or they haven't embodied yet things like that because being non-attached and it's sort of like oh, i can't do anything or i'm scared and it's just like my my little tagline is with astrology nothing to fear and everything to watch you know, all we have to do is watch and witness. And that is exactly what Mercury and one of my beautiful friends. Colleagues and teachers, Dave, um, Dave Lennox, um, he, he said, you know, how do we sit in here and know what Mercury retrograde is going to do? Because we pay attention. Now, Mercury will actually give you insight two weeks before his retrograde as to exactly what will come back up for you. So if you're paying attention to a Mercury 
uh, like to, to Mercury being in his what we call like that pre-shadow phase, which means that he's, say, hitting a degree, say, you know, four degrees of a sign. He's going to hit that degree. Then he's going to go like, say, 10 degrees or more. And then he's going to station retrograde and he's going to go back over those degrees. And then he's going to go station direct and go back over them again. It's a threefold thing. Now, Mercury retrogrades are super common. Like we have three, maybe four a year. And this is normal. The reason that people aren't in alignment with them or they don't know is because, A, yeah, were you paying attention beforehand before he actually went retrograde? Because he's going to already tell you the clues of what's going to come up for you. Again, it depends on many things. Does Mercury rule your chart? So do you have a Gemini chart ruler um, as in a Gemini ascendant or rising? Or do you have a Virgo ascendant or rising? Are you a Virgo? Are you a Gemini? Mercury retrogrades will affect you more than they might affect me. Are you in a Mercury perfected year? You know, so, so there is so many layers to why a Mercury retrograde may be something for you and not for someone else. Someone else might breeze through it. You know, it's not really making any aspects and that's that's nothing. But then some Mercury retrogrades can be really difficult for some people because it's a big part of what's happening for them that year. So again, it's sort of like jumping on bandwagons, which everyone does like, oh, Mercury's retrograde. Oh, I'm going to blame this. Or, oh, it's an eclipse. Oh my God, this eclipse is so big. Is it? But is it big in your chart? Because it doesn't matter that it's happening. Yes, be in alignment with that. But how is it ha happening in your chart? And to me, I mean, I have this secret urge that I just all I want is for everyone to just know themselves and to understand themselves and to be themselves and to sit in their own authenticity and sovereignty and live from that space because we don't have time to be or do any other thing that's all mm. we have time for that's the only commodity that we never get back we can always earn more money you know buy a new sofa we can do all of those things but the things that can never be bought back is time and each day we get closer and closer to death we are all terminal. We get closer to death every day. We will never be this age again. So how are you spending your time? And, and, and are you aware of what you're doing with your time? And are you sovereign to yourself? Are you authentic? Do you know yourself? So it's easy again. Yes, live oblivious and go, oh, it's a, it's a big eclipse. And oh my God, I'm so emotional. But isn't it funny when nothing's even happening in that chart? Because all I've done is brought on and, you know, clung to the bandwagon of whatever's being sprouted. Yes, astrologers are always going to share, okay, this is what this could be. But of course, you want to go back to your own chart and see where these eclipses are happening because it could be a very big eclipse for you. Maybe again, you're a Cancer moon, you've got a Cancer rising, you're a Cancer sun. So eclipses are going to, you know, be quite big for you. Um, and Again, it's still around that taking responsibility, which I think is what you were sort of talking about. Like it's still happening, but then when we're aware of it, we can we can take responsibility for that and go, oh, I'm going to learn off this. Like, oh, I see all these weird techie things happening or this miscommunication happening. I know that while Mercury's retrograde, I'm not going to try and rehash that. I'm going to focus on that, internalize, do a little bit of processing. And then when Mercury moves direct again, I'm going to be able to deal with this and smooth this over. But no one wants to sit in stuff. Everyone wants to rush, push through, work it out, keep going. And that's why retrograde planets happen, you know, because they need revision. They need us to reset, to remember, to rework situations. And because Mercury is our everyday communications, short travels, post, computers, telephone conversations, 
we need to see where those are happening in our own chart like what part maybe it's the relationship for you one time or career and you know like so they will be amplified in different ways for you so so understanding and unpacking those things again gives you great great tools to be able to align reflect and work with the planets so for people who are listening or watching that are going wow because I can honestly say I don't think that there's too much conversation occurring around astrology at this level. I don't think that there's too much of that occurring for people to because I think what's happening here in this podcast and this this um, video show is a reason why. Mm. A reason why this is important, a reason why this needs to be or there needs to be awareness around it. And I feel like that there would be a lot of people who are listening to the show thinking, okay, uh, some of that makes sense, but I have to find out where do I start. Mm. For somebody who's new to this, well, you know, I get a lot of messages from my girlfriends, um, you know, when there's a new moon or when there's a full moon or when there's a change in this. And I'm an Aquarian with a Leo rising and a, I think it's a Scorpio moon. Oh, I think. I'm not, I think I read something that said I could be cancer, but I, who knows, but, but I get messages from all of my friends, especially because it was my birthday month last month Mm -hmm. of, you know, lots of different posts that get shared about different, you know, um, moons and things. And I look at that and I go, I don't don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know where to start with that. I've downloaded a whole stack of books. Of course, I follow all of your stuff religiously. and I've got your book and I and I, I I look to those that I admire and that have, I've, I've found have given really great material. But even for me, I, I feel like, well, if I wanted to embody this more in my own experience of life, where would I start and how would I do that? Because this show is showing me the importance of why that needs to occur for more of us. Yeah, well, I love it. I wrote down, well, the reason that, you know, people aren't having these conversations is because you've actually asked the right questions, you know, like I'll answer any question that anyone asks me about astrology, but if you're asked the right questions, it's like I said, you're penetrating my heart. We're getting to the crux of the why. And, and, you know, the why to me, astrology is super important that every mother needs to know their child's astrology chart. We need to be we need to be mothering our children to their moon sign, not their sun sign, because that's their emotions. And their first, you know, few years of life, it's about emotional connection, not personality connection. It's it's their feelings. You know, they're not even talking for a couple of years. So we're not this going is on. massive. Yes. Yes. To know the chart is to know the secrets. And that's what I always say. I'm like, astrology is a secret, not so secret superpower. So, you know, even teaching my girls, like my girls can bring up charts, look at charts, understand they're looking at their friends, they're doing this stuff. Like to me that it's not in, like, not in schools is like crazy because, I mean, I've been obviously my whole schooling life pretty much learning about it. Um, wow. And like I said, with Uranus, the planet of astrology, moving into Taurus, which I have a stellium in, which means I've got a lot of planets in Taurus, um, grounded, the Earth Mother, you know, Taurian magic, Uranus and Taurus it's like we're moving into 
allowing astrology to be the language of the future. And Uranus is what rules Aquarius, you, eccentric, progressive, inventive, curious, social, <laughs> you know, all those beautiful, you know, Uranus is the lightning god of Uranus, you know, he's giving us inspiration, he's giving us these lightning flashes through our crown chakra. And all of a sudden he's in a very physical embodied sign which he doesn't really like to be in like he doesn't like to be in Taurus because it's too slow for him it's too plodding and I mean when Uranus first moved into Aries like many years ago Fukushima happened the day that Uranus moved into Aries Fukushima happened so you can see globally even in what's called mundane astrology like what's happening financially or in the government or in here and here which I don't love love but I love to see how in alignment it is with things and Uranus and Aries was fast quick let's change something hello Fukushima happened right whereas Uranus in Taurus you know everyone's talking about climate change you know there's money things food problems like all it's all very slow building but this is an embodied this is, you know, it's the best time to be a Taurus at my age, I must say, to have Uranus here and really shaking everything up. But this is why I believe astrology is the language of the future and that, yes, at the moment it seems mainstream, it will probably die off, um, especially when people realise that it's not just, again, a weekend workshop, that you, For can't, sure. you can't master it. And, yes, and that we're not having these conversations like what you've presented today aren't happening as often as they should be because it's still just like oh you've got your moon here blah 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 like superficial astrology which isn't helpful right like it's good to know but it's not the crux of it now embodying astrology just takes a long time and it just takes understanding of all of the planets so I mean again yes books can do it I mean I I can say right now go and learn for free you can do that go and read books you know get books out of the thing but to practice that, that can take, you know, not everyone's going to be able to do that. And that's sure. the thing. And that's why if you have a teacher or you do a course where you get to, you know, work with that teacher, you get to ask questions, you need to be in, you know, you get to be in an absolute space with them. And what I've found is, you know, I've been teaching astrology courses for a while. I've got one on my, my website, which is a basic one just to understand the language, because at the end of the day, I actually think astrology is very simple. It just gets overcomplicated and overworked because there's lots of different things being used and people are like well what does that mean and what do you mean this and what do you mean that but ultimately it's understanding the 12 archetypes understanding the 12 houses and um understanding the the planets right so those three are the biggest things weaving it together takes skill it takes it takes years of experience and then starting to embody astrology that is a whole different level of living it you know it is living it and and what I've found is I have a 12-month container and they are living astrology with me for 12 months because I am showing them this is where the sun is this month what's it doing for you what's it gliding up what does it feel like uh for the sun in your eighth house to be Aries season let's experience that so it's actually getting right back to the basics but in a very embodied level which again isn't really done because, you know, like you said, it's not really what's sort of out there at the moment. Um, that's what I love to do. And you will find other astrologers who love that. But because I'm such a heavy Taurus and I'm very practical and for me it's about if you can't live it every day, you know, it's like all these spiritual rules and things, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that and have an altar and then turn around and then this chakra and then that moon and then that. If it's too hard, it is ego because that is one of my favourite quotes where there is complication, ego, 
simplicity, God. And I do feel that astrology is simple, but you have to understand the language. Once you've understood the language, you will start to revel in, oh, you know, I'm like to my students, if you can't tell me where every planet at every degree in every house and sign is in your chart, don't ask me about all the fancy shit. Because if you don't have the organic groundwork and roots of your tree stable, you know, and they get so cranky with me because they're like, oh, but I've got this grand trine and what about this and what about this? I'm like, where's your Mars? What sign it is and what degrees it in? Oh, I don't know. I said, well, I can't tell you. You know, like this mm. is, get, you know, I am like an oak tree, <laughs> you know, like my roots are so deep into the mama earth and I'm, it, it is about practical magic for me that we, you know, all this fancy stuff, it doesn't really mean anything if we're not living astrology, if we're not actually living our own charts out, if we're not actually embodying our, our own charts. So you don't even have to embody like huge astrology. You just have to go, well, I know that my Mars is in Cancer so that when the moon moves through Cancer or it's Cancer season, it's going to activate this for me. So it's it can be very simple little tools to get you on your way. But, you know, there's no easy like if you just go right here press this then you'll know you'll know it like it's just that's just not astrology like it is and it's not for everyone to embody you know I have my regulars come to me yearly with their updates and that's enough for them to hold on to like ah I've got this happening in my 12th house this year so I know that I'm going to feel a little bit lower in energy so I'm not going to beat myself up about that I'm going to go with that because I know next year it'll be a one house and I'll feel revitalized again so understanding how it works for you before even trying to understand the bigger picture can be very helpful too because you're sort of microing into self you know that that can be very helpful as well so you know no easy answer for that because it's not just a simple like go to this website click this and then you'll know it's it's understand the three what I find three of the fundamental things which is the 12 archetypes which are the signs Aries through Pisces understanding the houses and understanding the planets we start to put those together. Are they talking to each other? There's lots of things in the chart. The elements, are you more earth or more water or more fire? Are you more of a leader? Are you more vacillating like our mutable signs, Pisces, Virgo, um, Gemini or Sag? You know, they're the mutables. Like they're more, you know, if you, and when you meet heavy people in those charts, not just sun signs, and we've got to remember you've missed the point with astrology if you're like, I don't like a Virgo because of this person. It's like, signs are not people mm. we all have 12 signs in our chart and often what you don't like is probably what you're projecting anyway and Too right yeah any person cannot be nice it doesn't matter what sign they are you know they're probably it's probably more their mars sign or their moon sign other than their sun sign so yeah it's a journey and i think that when you can surrender to the journey that it's going to take time to ingest and you've got to be gentle with yourself while you understand the language get out of your head get into your body with it how does mars feel and you know so mars represents this so how does that feel for me what sign is it in oh so that signs the sign of expansion okay cool so i can see that for me to you know feel energized i want to learn or i want to study you know you start to just pick up some keywords and just start to activate those and yeah, my big tip is, is don't get too lost in your head because astrology is more embodiment than intellectual, but you must have some intellectual understanding of the language so that you can start to weave the story together. I love that whole concept, well, not concept, but I love that whole idea of it being the embodiment because there, 
as we said, from the experience comes the true knowing. You can't actually know something until you physically experience it. And it's really interesting to me because I know that there are going to be people who are listening and watching this who are going to be the ones that will say, you know what, I don't want to go down the path of learning everything. That's too much. I, I don't have the brain space and I also don't have the interest or the desire, but I know I need to hook into this. And I want to say to everybody that's watching and listening, you're not watching and listening to this for no reason. To some extent, um, and I'm sure, well, I don't know, but I'm going to just put it out there. I know for myself, people come into my life for a reason. People follow me for a reason. And sometimes that can be lifelong and sometimes that can be short-lived. Either way is totally fine with me because I know that that's divinely orchestrated. And I dare say the same might be true with Tiani, is that when you find either one of us, you found us for a reason. There's no mistakes here at all. So you may be thinking to yourself, I just... I don't want to do the courses. I don't want to do the study. I don't want to know about all of the houses and the nodes and the things. I don't want to know about any of that. Just tell me what my year is going to be. And, and, and that's one way. And then there are going to be others of you who potentially are like me, who are like, no, no, that doesn't give me enough. That's a nice, sweet little cherry, but I want the, I want the, you know, I want the iceberg underneath the water. Mm -hmm. And whatever it takes, 10, 20, 50 years, you know, life is that. Um, and life is this constant expansion into more and into the ultimate. And, I've, and I know that there are going to be people who are going to be watching this feeling either one of those pieces. Is it, would it be fair to say, Tiani, that if they were feeling either one of those pieces, you would be a resource they could turn to? Oh, look, absolutely, like for sure, um, yes. Uh, uh, for people that just want the reading and the overview, absolutely, and for people who want to dive deeper, um, you know, and I'm an encourager of, again, yeah, A, you do need to find an astrologer that you like their language because I'm not I'm not a, a clinical astrologer. I'm not going to go back in 1902, the Mesopotamian <laughs> times of Pluto and blah, blah. Like you want that, go to Chris Brennan. Like the astrology podcast is a great podcast. Chris Brennan is very dry. He's a Hellenistic astrologer and he is a plethora of information. Like I love him. I can handle all that because I understand it. But we do have to resonate and, and land with an astrologer who can who can uh, reveal things to us in a way that we can change and make those changes or understand or learn because it is such a big topic. You mm. know, it is such a broad thing that, you know, I encourage, yeah, find an astrologer and then, you know, I'm, I'm doing an astrology course myself now, like with a, an American astrologer, like, you know, and he's teaching me other things that I was like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that, you know, because it's forever, you know, mm. so I continue to invest in myself to become a better astrologer but you do want to find someone that lands for you. So, and and I'm not that person for everyone and I'm completely cool with that. I am that person for you and I love that. And whoever I am for, I, I'm here for. And whoever I'm not for, I'm also here for. Like there's other astrologers out there. Um, but for me, you know, I've created a, a, a seven-week online course that you go at your own pace um, and you it, it, it's a brilliant beginning like it will just be like the toe dip in that all of a sudden you're getting me like this excitement for seven <laughs> hours because um, I'm this excited on every every freaking teaching week but 
you know, it's exciting. Like that for me is just like the core. It's like looking at the elements and the angles and the planets and the, and, you know, and yes, I teach through experience and embodiment and that's how I teach. And if that lands for you, awesome. You know, like doing that, you know, I think that constantly doing little courses, mini courses, listening to things. But once you, but the thing is, is that when you start to understand a language, like through a course of an astrologer that you do like, then when you do listen or read updates, you sort of go, oh, my, oh, my tunes over there. Like, and all of a sudden, all of these things land and you're like, boom, like I'm getting it. So that's the cool thing with my seven week module one course is that you go at your own pace. You can, some people I know do it in two weeks like they'll do the whole 10 hours in two weeks you get some notes you know and you can just start to ingest like oh I just because my thing is is learn your own chart like know what to look at like I want to teach people how to read their own charts you know to be able to go oh this is what I'm looking at my ascendant my moon all of my planets I'll look at that house there and then start to you know dive into that I mean you could watch my module one for five years and still find something different in it when you come back to it so I would definitely say if you want a true grounded practice, definitely do something that's going to give you the language, the basics. If you're more into history and mythology, I mean, you might need a traditional course, someone that's going to take you right back to those Mesopotamia times that, you know, I love to talk about things, but that's not my, that's not my jam, you know, like where all astrologers have their own lens, you know, so, Mm. um, but yeah, it's just a beautiful journey and just, you know, trust yourself in 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 the way that you begin that, you know, and take that first step or 10th step, you know, and keep surrendering into that. You know, I think that that's a, a, a little piece of advice because it can get a little bit, you know, it just can. It can be like, oh, what do you mean? I thought that it was this. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. You know, we're going to, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I think you're right. I think if you do decide that this is your jam and this is something that you're interested in, there's a lot of information out there, but if you can begin the process of trusting yourself and trusting that you are being guided and trust that you are being led and whatever you find is a place to start looking. You know, it may not be where you land, but it could be a place to start looking. And for those of you guys listening and watching to this, my intention, and I'm sure even for Tiani, is to spark curiosity. It's to get you guys asking the questions. It's to get you to start thinking about, well, what is beyond this existence that is calling me? You know, we all feel a sense of, 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 of something else. There's got to be more to life than just this. And this is fine, but I want more juice. I want more deliciousness. I want more richness and texture and color and flavor. I, I want it all. And this is definitely astrology is definitely the place to start looking because everything that we've spoken about this morning or today is about understanding yourself, understanding others, understanding the realms beyond this realm and knowing that there is actually more happening than just what you think that's going on in your own kitchen right now. You know, it's not just about whether the kids are having a fight or whether I can't start my dishwasher. It's not, it's not about just that. There's actually a grand orchestra at play almost that you can discover, you can know about. It's all there and it's actually calling you if you're listening to today's show, which I feel very bloody excited about. 
<laughs> and, and I do just want to say too, with the acceptance side of things, once you understand astrology, you accept other people like you truly do. And that doesn't just come from like, I accept and love and light. It's like, I truly accept that my moon in this sign and your moon in this sign, very opposite. We, we, we're going to actually feel very emotionally different to this same situation. And then this deeper understanding and acceptance of your partner, your children, yeah, what's going on happens. And there's a, again, there's this level of non-attachment and yes, are we still human? Are we still going to get triggered or get angry or whatever? Yes. These things still happen, but much more rarely. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm triggered very rarely, very, because there's nothing that really triggers me really realistically. I mean, you know, sometimes slow drivers, but, um, you know, like, but I mean, serious stuff, you know, because if I understand what's actually going on for someone and go, oh, you know, well, understand their communication style is very different to mine. I'm not judging them or I'm not pushing them. I'm actually coming from this space of, I can really see that. Like I accept you. I accept mm. that that's you. Just like your Mercury is there. My Mercury is here. Your moon's there. My moon's here. Like there's this, and it's, again, it's liberating. And it's just like, oh, what a relief. Like I don't have to hold this vision or hold this perception or make you this or make you wrong or make me right. It's not about that. Like it goes beyond those, like it goes beyond those fields, you know, very much like the movie Lucy, you know, everything is, be it's just becomes this huge energetic vortex that we're living in and then when we have these incredible tools that is a superpower which astrology is there there's this new level of human understanding and human interaction and you know uh, just yeah even just meeting people and I'm just like oh their moon's in that sign yep great great I can see that you know like you start to feel people's archetypes playing out you know and it's fun too you know it's fun it's like oh that's a fun little archetype that you've got hanging out there you know like so you you understand people better whilst understanding yourself. And like I said, you know, when it comes to family, like that is like so important to to understand um, what they're going through because sometimes you're cranky at him, but he's got, you know, Chiron on his moon. That's a really hard placement to have and he's feeling wounded and sensitive and triggered. So instead of being a bitch, you surrender and you be kind and you give him the softness that he actually needs at that time instead of just going, poor me. You know, like all of a sudden there's this new ethereal information that's happening if you know because sometimes you don't know and you're still going to just be triggered you know by their triggers but if you know again that's the gift of astrology that's just it's just a gift that keeps on giving darling it never stops it's <laughs> and never I, ending I think that that's where some of the real power of astrology lives is that it allows us to make room for each other and if the last couple of years has taught us anything it's taught us the necessity to make room for each other because we are never going to be completely aligned all of us all the time it's just never going to happen and when it comes to parenting it's almost like it's the invisible tool that you've got that allows you to see where your children are at as they're growing up and what they need that is beyond trying to manage a personality or beyond trying to manage behavior it's actually understanding what is beyond this kid's behavior that's causing it and that I love that in terms of if enough, if for nothing else, if you can't get the esoteric or metaphysical component of this conversation yet, if for nothing else, it's a tool in your kit bag to help you get through some of the difficulties that you're going to have with parenting, but also relationshiping. You know, you come Christmas Day, I, as a counsellor, I get 
probably through November, um, I start getting calls from people who, and I don't do counselling normally, it's just from people who know people who know me and then I'll say, yeah, okay, I'll do a sesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll start getting calls early November to help prepare people for the Christmas day because they know that it's going to be monster clashes, it's going to be all kinds of suffering that they have had reoccur year after year, year after year, year after year, and they just carry the same baggage baggage into the room and expect that things are going to be different. I love that astrology is a a source of relief from human suffering. Mm. If we can see it as a source of relief from human suffering, again, it's another reason why. It's so important to allow yourselves, for those of you guys who are listening and watching, it's so important to allow yourselves to explore the potentiality of what this is. It's not nothing. It's not a horoscope written on the back of a newspaper. It's not the new idea telling you what your next week is going to be. It's a mechanism for life. It's a mechanism for meaning. It's a mechanism for reasoning. It's a mechanism for truth. And it's not just an individual truth. It's a universal truth. And the more we can associate ourselves with universal truths rather than perceptions, beliefs, and limitations, the grander our experience of life here actually is. We are being called, if you're listening to this, you are being called to move beyond, to, to, to just to be, move beyond like what's in front of you, like the 3D, totally. like, yeah. Mm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That was what I needed. Yeah, that's what you were. Yeah, that's what you were searching for. Yeah, I, I was. I was searching for that yeah. up there. Mm. So, Tiana, and I do love what you've said about. I just have to say, like, every time oh, I talk, like you have this beautiful response, and then you talk, and I'm writing notes. I'm like, I've got this beautiful response. I mean, we could spend about six hours talking. Let's be honest. Totally. Um, <laughs> but when you talked about like managing like your children and managing their behavior and stuff, and to understand that, like those words are so resonant for me like I love that you said that because that's it people are trying to like maybe control their children's or or or, yeah or manage a personality you said when like I said we we actually need to parent our children to their moon sign uh not their sun sign because they're developing their personality and they're actually really in their emotions like the first thing a child learns is the mother's love you know it's a feeling it's got nothing to do with you are a Leo and you will shine and be dramatic. No, it's got to do with, oh, they've actually got a really soft cancer moon that is super sensitive and they need a lot of nurturing. And whilst, you know, it's often fire sign mums who have these, you know, really gentle souls if their moon's in like a water sign or something, that they're just like, oh, they're fiery, they're this and they're this. It's like, no, but because they're actually needing more attention in X, Y, and Z. And so again, when we understand that, we're empowered and we can help empower our children and we can understand we can't, fix their charts and a big thing with astrology is once you start to know it that you're not a victim to your astrology chart and when people go oh my child's got this oh this is sad it's like again you've sort of missed the point of that like you've got to be emotionally intelligent to really understand astrology and to work with it because if you're offended by every little thing and you find something in your chart you will just like be offended by that and go oh my god that's not me it's like well it is you and until you acknowledge that you can't surpass that we all have light and shadow and each archetype has a very light and shadow a dark and light part because that's life again brutality and and beautiful and and if we can honor all sides of that the wholeness of astrology 
with non-attachment and with a level of emotional intelligence and not sucking about a certain placement or, you know, I get messages going, oh, that's what I've got. Oh, I love that placement. I'm like, oh, I'm glad you do. But the reality of it is like Venus doesn't want to be there. So, you know, you need to, you need to unpack that yourself if you're defending your placement. Like it's got nothing astrology is not to defend like we all know that poor scorpios and gemini's you know get the brunt end of the stick but you know like it, that, that's again it's just an attack on a on a sign and just a side note because i know we're going to wrap up is that if you are reading horoscopes because i do write horoscopes for an app you read your rising sign because yes a sun sign a horoscope is entertainment okay we don't want to deny that even as an astrologer it is can it give you a snapshot overview of some themes that are happening yes but only if you read your rising sign, because as a horoscope writer, I am writing Libra, not with the sun in mind. Okay. With, if I'm a Libra rising, so that means that it's, you know, it's Aries, it's coming into Aries season. So when I'm talking about all the Aries planets, I'm talking about the relationship house, but as a Libra sun, you might have a completely different rising and all that stuff's not happening. So the sun sign astrology can be collective. You could read your sun sign if you wanted to, but to actually get some sort of not accuracy, because unless you look at the whole birth chart, I get that. But I'm just saying on a horoscope level that we are writing to the rising sign and it's really important. So if you like, uh, you know, are reading the astrology magazine, which one of my friends edits, she will write all the 12 signs as an overview. You want to read your rising sign as well as your sun sign. The rising is going to give you the where. So if I am talking about relationships, probably the Libra risings will, will go, oh yes, that's what my week's been like. But the Libra sons was like, oh, I had a fine because it wasn't in their relationship house. It was in their career house, you know, because they needed to read a different rising sign. So I just wanted to just let everyone know and see that to just remember to, yes, sun sign astrology is only the one, like, it's just like you've cracked the door open a little bit. It's not everything, but when it comes to horoscopes, um, you do want to read your rising sign. And if you don't know your rising sign, astro.com, that is the only website I would recommend. Real astrologers do not use these weird apps and get these notifications every day. That's not astrology. Astro.com is uh, by Liz Green, who is an incredible astrologer, back old school astrology from London days. And it's reputable. She's incredible. And again, you know, with me, I'm going to only ever share the best of the best because, you know, I am a Taurus snob and I only like the cream of the friggin' crop. <laughs> so if you do want to find your astrology chart, you do need your birth of uh, time of birth. It's the most important thing to find a rising sign. Um, and then you'll have all of the details there in astro.com and you'll be able to see your beautiful wheel. Um, and then it will look like, you know, something that is a bit confusing at first, but once you start to break it down and understand it, it becomes the most magical thing that you can look at. Oh my God. Well, I don't know about you guys, and we are going to need to wrap this up in terms of time, but I don't know about you. I feel like this conversation has inspired me even more. I mean, I was excited before, but I feel more inspired now and I feel more clear as to why this has been calling at me. Um, and no doubt for those of you guys who are listening and watching, you've had something resonate because you wouldn't have been listening to the show otherwise. So where can everybody find you? Where should they, where should we go? Yeah. All socials, of course, like Instagram is a good one for me, Tiani Talks, because I do a lot of, uh, you know, like stories and posts there. I always do a new and a full moon post. 
Um, I do have my podcast as well, Tiani Talks Astrology. Um, and I get on there weekly to share, and especially in March, just a heads up, not sure when this is going to be uh, out uh, with your community, Karen, but um, March is an exponential month in astrology. We've been looking at this month. I've been looking at it personally for about 18 months um, because it's a really big time with planets moving into signs that haven't happened for 250 years. So never in our lives, 30 years, Mars finally moves out of Gemini after eight months. So, I mean, we've got six planets moving in four weeks. It's a big month. So, you know, on my podcast, um, I, I do, you know, I, I keep everyone updated pretty much every Wednesday, which is the day of Mercury, which is the day of communication. I mean, even knowing the planets, you start to live your days to them because ultimately each day is ruled by a planet. And that's why Mondays we all feel cocooned because it's ruled by the moon so the work week starts Tuesday so my work week my whole life is Tuesday to Saturday because Tuesday is Mars day where you take action and Sunday and Monday are those days to replenish and nourish anyway another story but yeah so <laughs> yeah. um on my podcast definitely um is a great place to follow me there and um yeah Instagram and I mean my YouTube channel as well I will yeah, I've been told that to do pod, like to do a video podcast like what you're doing is actually a really helpful thing as well. So that will probably be on my to-do list this year. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, my love, thank you so much for being so generous with your ideas and your flow. And you can totally see that this is your life's work. And, you know, for those of you guys out there, you can feel it. I know that you can your passion, your energy, your commitment to people living their authentic selves and having astrology be the vehicle that allows that, I think is such a powerful gift that you've brought to the planet and you've brought to the lives of those around you. Um, on behalf of mankind, I want to say thank you so much for answering the call as young as you did and for staying the distance and never giving up and never being disillusioned and never letting go. And it's because of that, that we're waking up. You've provided an incredible source of balance for those of us that have been so out of balance. You've held space for the planet to eventually come around to the understanding of why this is so necessary. So um, it's not a... <laughs> It's not a small thing you've done. It's been a profound journey. And um, I'm so honored that you've allowed me to share you with the people that follow me. And my hope and my wish is that they tell everyone that they know and everybody begins to follow your work um, because it's not, it's not a job. It's a gift, it's a talent, it's a calling and it's a very deep yes to a universal requirement for harmony that you facilitate for us. So thank you. Oh, well, I'm all teary. Um, <laughs> running. Not at thank all. Thank you so much, Karen. I must say, you know, I've been on many podcasts um, and this is by far my favourite. You have just held the space so beautifully. I can't imagine your listeners must absolutely love you and I can see why um, because your integrity and your commitment and your way to, you know, not everyone is a good space holder. I think everyone thinks that they are 
and you know podcasts and and social media have allowed everyone to do that and is that their human right absolutely uh, but but just like I'm not a good basketball player some people can't hold space you know like it's reality and there's nothing wrong with being honest and real and your space to be held in today has just been magical because your of your connection and your deep questions and your getting to the heart of things and yes your excitement of course like I love you know popping astrology cherries but I also just love talking astrology and 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 opening that conversation up wherever it goes but where it went with you in this podcast especially was more than I could have even expected or anticipated so it's been an honor for me to be on your show because I too have watched you know and been a part of your show and like for nine years you know for a long time <laughs> And I said that to my husband on the way to the gym. I'm like, I've been watching, hoping that she'd ask me one day and here I am today. So um, it, it was a, it was a real pleasure to be here. And, and like I said, probably my most favorite podcast to date. So thank you. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. What a treat. Mm. So for everybody who's listening and watching, please make sure that you head on over to Tiani's website, which is tiani.com.au. Check her out. Check her out on all the socials. I'm going to make sure that all the links are in the show notes. And as always, we have access to SpeakPipe. So make sure that you click on the SpeakPipe link that is in the show notes here and leave Tiani or myself a message or a question. And we will make sure that we get back to you. I will forward every question and thought that you have onto her directly. Um, but it would be so cool to have her back on the show, don't you think? Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. I think it would be awesome. I think we're going to be best friends. I did say that to you in the email. You did. I did. <laughs> and we get to hug on Saturday. So it's exciting times for us. And I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. I am personally going to make sure that this podcast is aired on the 3rd of March. So tomorrow, because um, of the necessity. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I love the 3 3 thing. Um, yes. Where am I going? What am I saying? What's my name? So I'm going to make sure that it goes out tomorrow because of the necessity of understanding what's coming for us through March. Mm. So guys and gals, thank you so much for tuning into Karen's Couch. Tiani, thank you for sharing this time with us. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait for you guys to tune in and share next session of Karen's Couch. It's going to be an absolute treat as always. All my love, stay kind and keep expanding. Till next time. See you guys.